All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Great show for you coming up today. Uh, all kinds of fun ways to live the better life that we always talk about, right? I'm here, of course, joined as always by by John Tesh. How are you, John? I'm doing fine. Who who started that? All right, all right. Was that Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey in uh, in Days and Confused. Oh, all right, all right, all right. That was a long time ago. Love that movie. What was the thing where he was a lawyer and he lived in his car, the Chevrolet? Is that Lincoln Lawyer? Yeah. Yeah, it was in Lincoln. Yeah. Well, that was a great movie. That was a great movie. Hey, so... Um, He's a surprisingly good actor for how good looking he is. It's like it's kind of a bummer, right, to have a guy that's that that's that good at everything, and he's just he's an incredible actor. I, I have seen uh, what's that movie with the um, with the black holes that he did? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Interstellar. Yeah, he's trying to get through the through the walls to his kids. There is a scene <laughs> where he is looking at his aged daughter, his daughter who's almost as old as he is at that point because of you know mm-hmm. relativity. And she's mad. She's she's talking to him, and he missed it obviously because he was in deep space, and he's just crying. I was, I was moving. I get mo- choked up just thinking. Yeah, about it's that. a good. That's that's a really really good. But he does a great car commercial too. They're so, they're so yeah. Weird. Speaking there's, of Lincoln lawyers, the Lincoln so, Lincoln car commercial. They're so weird. Uh, hey, listen, I have some uh, I have some really great uh, intel from Krista Scott Dixon. So Krista is a diet and fitness coach, and she believes that we should all be eating like our dogs. So kibble. Yeah, she says, here's what dogs get right about eating. And there's some really good stuff in here. First of all, dogs stick to a routine, Gib, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, the routine is something we come up with, right? But you probably feed your dog at set times every day. I do. Otherwise, Lucy will chew my leg off. Exactly. Right? And yeah. if you're late and you try to sleep in, your dog goes crazy and lets you know it's breakfast time. But, yep. but Dixon believes if we, like our dogs, if we all ate at the same time every day, we'd eat less and have healthier digestion because when our body anticipates eating, what does it do? It just throws out all these digestive enzymes, and eating at set intervals keeps our hunger hormones from going haywire. This is yeah. so true. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole point of of having that routine, of having the same wake-up time every day. All of your hormones get into alignment when you do that, and you're, that's how your body is designed to work. Because we used to be, we used to set our schedule by the the goings and comings of the sun. And if that's the case, then then that's that's pretty regular. So if you would if you were to eat on that schedule, you would be fine. And that makes sense. It's funny, Lucy just came into the studio looking for food well, to, to, to feeding time. Another reason to eat like your dog, uh, all your dog does when he eats is eat. So your dog yeah. does not watch TV. Your dog does not scroll through Facebook with his paw. And according to the University of Minnesota, when we focus on our food, mindful eating, and enjoy the flavor yeah. and the texture, we naturally feel more satisfied. Yeah. I mean, I literally haven't done that in, in five years. Well, I have, not have set, three kids. Right. So, so even if I'm out to dinner, I'm, I'm spending so much time. I take a bite, and then I chase a one-year-old. I take a bite, <laughs> and then I take a five-year-old to the bathroom. I take a bite, and then I stop a three-year-old from, le- from, from yelling. So on the off chance that, they, that I eat after they go to sleep, I'm, I'm packing everything I can into that. That's my relaxation time. So I'm eating, I'm watching television, I'm hanging out, I'm having conversation. I, have nev- I haven't focused on a meal in five years. No That's question. So funny. Uh, here's the last one from uh, diet and fitness coach Krista Scott Dixon, who says we should all be eating like our dogs. She says, just like your dog, you should go for a walk right after eating. According to the American Medical Association, they did a release on this, a 15-minute walk right after a meal is scientifically proven to improve digestion and control blood sugar. It's it's so the healthiest people I know are those evening walkers. And they they you know what ends up happening too with those people? 
those people. They uh, they they fight off their Alzheimer's and stuff because they don't get the spikes in blood sugar. So those people right. that go on the evening walk after dinner, they are just such healthy people overall. Even if they don't look as fit as other people, they're doing really, really well. I'm just not an organized person. I, you know what's really helped me is keto. Yeah. So, and you know, since I'm not eating, and, and now Connie's got me doing this thing, it's, it's hard, but not eating for 20 hours. Intermittent then, fasting. Yeah, and then eating uh, in a four-hour period. I'm starting to lose a little bit too much weight. But um, but yeah, so- It's so, a problem we all wish we had, John. <laughs> oh, I'm getting too look, thin. I don't look great. Uh, uh, hey, what, there's, a, there's another thing I wanted to, to bring to your attention and see if you had heard about this before. It's another one of those terms- you know, with the social media stuff and all the all the digital stuff, there's so many terms, terms about dating, terms about mm-hmm, eating, mm-hmm. terms about watching stuff. So this new term is Netflixing in public. And I want you guys out there to uh, to listen to this on this podcast and then uh, go to Facebook.com slash John Tesh and let us know uh, what's happened to you when you Netflixed in public. Now, let me take you through this, Gib. I want to I get your opinion on this. This is a new study from Netflix. And they found they know they know exactly what we're doing. Of course, sixty-seven percent of users watch their shows in public at least part of the time. Oh yeah. Now, now what this means is the most popular place to watch Netflix in public is at work. So, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, um, bosses, you should know this. Thirty-seven percent of users surveyed admitted to binge watching at work. Uh, that's, that's just intense. those are just the people who admitted. Yeah. Right. So what is that? Double that? Probably. Yeah. So 70% of people? Yeah. The second most popular public venue to binge watch is while traveling. I mean, oh, yeah. You can I, do I, that, yeah. Well, so I have a problem with that where I when I watch shows on the airplane. Yeah, so let, let's get to that because this is the, that, that's the last one, and I know what oh, you're, okay. you're going to say. 12% are not afraid to watch in public restrooms. One in five users surveyed admit they've openly cried while, while watching I've done Netflix. That. I, did, I did that on an airplane once, too, <laughs> during a movie that was not very sad, but I, w- I would just hit me in the right way, and I was yeah. bawling. Now, again, this is from, uh, from a study at Netflix. It's called Netflixing in Public and Give. I think this is where you're going. 22% of public Netflixers have been embarrassed by what they're watching, like oh, somebody yeah. catching them watching a racy love scene on the airplane. Well, so here, that, yes, that's been me. And it's not just Netflix. It's, it's all kinds of shows. But I'll have these shows that I love, and they're so addicting, I have to keep watching them even when I'm on an airplane. Look, that's, right, sure. that's the nature of binge watching. Netflixing in public, with, with it available on these devices we have anywhere we go, people are going to be Netflixing when they eat lunch alone in the cafeteria. People are going to be Netflixing all these places. If you have headphones on and you're not bothering anybody, by all means, go nuts. I don't know. We don't need a sociologist to weigh in here. But some of these shows have, we'll call them long, gratuitous sex scenes just right in the middle of it when you least expect it. The problem is that they've gotten really good about stuff and you can't just skip forward. Remember movies in the 90s when they would have a sex scene? It was like 10 minutes of a sex scene and you could just skip it. There was right. nothing. Yeah, yeah, sure. There was no plot movement. And then you, you just skip from that from the beginning of them kissing to them waking, them laying in bed together doing dialogue and, there would be, and you would never see a sex scene. You could totally do that on an airplane. Um, but now there's like a a person giving a monologue in front of two people. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so, and it's like, I need to hear <laughs> what he's talk, saying. You're talking about Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, I yeah. need to hear what this guy's saying. Never mind the unbelievable awkwardness of what's going on in the background, but it's I, I'm so hooked on the show, I have to keep watching. That's where, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah. and I apologize yeah. to everybody around me, I'm sorry, and I can't turn it off right now because I need to hear what he's about to well, say. And the biggest problem is, and, and, and Netflix had this in the first season, because I'm watching it on a big screen TV in uh-huh. the house, and all of a sudden, Connie comes down, and she come down, comes down in one of the Jamie Lannister and, and Cersei scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and you had to watch. Well, that scene was important because Bran fell out the window. They've, they're, they're all it, important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but don't you feel judged? Because if somebody looks over 
And if you notice that on the on the airplanes now, on some of these airplanes like Delta, they have a screen, right? But you can only see it straight on. The ones that, yeah, right. the, the built-in But if you space. have a laptop or an iPad, right. that big giant iPad that you have, the yeah. iPad Pro, if somebody glances over and like, oh, cool, so this guy is, is a gladiator guy. So, so you can get films that go over your, your screens that <laughs> only make it like the same thing they use on the, on the built-in screens. Right. But I'm less embarrassed by a sex scene, which I, I just like, I, I, look, make your kid look away. It's not my problem. Uh, than I am when I'm watching really trashy shows. Like if I'm watching yeah, a show, yeah. I, I really like Adam Sandler movies and he's done some, some rough ones on Netflix. I still watch them. I find that more embarrassing than, uh, than, than watching the sex scenes in the middle of the, of the, of the airplane. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the guy that always ends up with, uh, with my pastor or somebody else's pastor sitting next to me. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, so I, I pretty much just watch documentaries. <laughs> turn to the guy, hey, have you seen Homeland? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, speaking of, uh, of, of flights and Netflixing, I'm glad we're using Netflixing as a, a, as a verb now. Uh, the, the last thing you want to do, right, is wait. Listen, the last time we were on a trip, uh, I came back and I was in, at LAX. I don't know what happened, but I ended up leaving because the baggage never came. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, it was it was crazy. You deliver it later that night. So you know we travel a lot for uh, while we're touring. Um, Teshmusic.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check and, us and out. We're we about got, to be on the road. We have, yeah, we have three shows coming up this week. And um, if you're like me and your bag always comes off the conveyor belt last, we have a hack for this. I hate to give this because now everybody's going to be doing this, Uh-oh. and then I will no longer have the power that I picked up when when the researchers found this piece. Now this is this is according to Condé Nast Traveler. And they say you do this. When you check your bag, ask the representative behind the checking counter if they can attach a fragile sticker to it. Oh. Suitcases with the I didn't know this, but suitcases with these kinds of labels, they're usually loaded last and unloaded first. Really? Now, you're going to need a new fragile tag every time you fly. If it looks old or was used by a different airline, the guys won't pay attention to it. But um, there's another trick that can shave a few minutes off your wait time. Tell me. Make sure, and this is, I don't, I don't want to time this. This is really dangerous because, you know, I like to get the airport so early. Yeah. Um, make sure you're the last person to check in instead, oh, of, instead, of, instead of rushing to be first. If you can't resist getting to the airport early, try asking if you can check your bag at the gate. I've seen people do this. Yeah. Right? So this can make your bag one of the last on the plane. And I've seen these people do this where they show up with a bag that, would, that has no chance of fitting in right. the overhead, and then they, they, they hand check it. Yeah. I, I do the all carry on thing a lot right now where I carry everything on and I, it, it, it gets me into trouble because the bag that I carry on is a little big for all this stuff. But I think I, I don't think it's worth the wait. I don't think it's worth waiting until the last minute to check your bag because what is, what is the difference in the first bag and the last bag on the conveyor belt? Now, you lost your bag and they had to bring it. They went on a wrong flight and they had to bring it later. But for the most part, it's what a ten minute difference, yeah. and versus yeah. having to lug that thing through yeah. the terminal until yeah, it's yeah, time yeah. to gate check. Yeah. You get there so early. Imagine if you had to carry your checked bags that whole time. Imagine. Yeah, I, yeah. I started FedExing my bags, and you know, um, and, and we, we've given <laughs> Which this is the, an unbelievably neurotic yeah, thing to do. Yeah, I know. Um, but but sometimes my bags are too heavy. Listen, if you FedEx it and you do like you know you know two day or three day or uh-huh. whatever it is, it's not too expensive. But but I, I waited until the last minute and I had a bunch of gear. You know, in there, some keyboards and little keyboards and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed. It it caught. I I I didn't. I didn't even look at how much it was going to cost. Like, hey, just just FedEx the bag. It was five hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. To, I was like, I'm a I am a. I'm not telling anybody except people on the podcast. Yeah. Because that was. Yeah. I mean, that was really, really, really bad. Anyway, those are some say, hacks. I got to say though, the airlines have treated bags so poorly over the years that it, the fact that you would even consider FedExing would be the easier way. <laughs> Gives you an example. I mean, they, they they don't treat you well on the airlines anymore. 
They don't. They they treat your bags yeah. poorly, and and, yeah. and, and every and, flight is jammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, quickly, uh, Gib, about about dating because there's new research um, from OK Cupid. Now, the interesting thing about these, uh, I don't know what OK Cupid is. I don't know whether you're swiping or. Or liking and unliking. Well, that's a question for, for the Myers. one and the only Scotty Myers. Yeah. But but I th- I think it's just another one of those dating websites. I think that's a little more. I think that's um that's like the more normal maybe. Well, it's a little more normal than the swiping. The swiping ones are more hookup. OK Cupid is somewhere between hookup and serious relationship. <laughs> okay, so there's OK Cupid. There's Match.com. There's Plenty of Fish, which I think is hilarious. There's I think Tinder. That's favorite. There's uh, uh, Our Time for seniors. Yep. Um. Anyway, farmers so, only for farmers. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, these guys, all they're doing is collecting data like crazy. I mean, it's it's just they know, especially the dating sites, right? Uh, I mean, Netflix knows a lot about what you're watching. Uh, and how long you watch mm-hmm. and, and the kinds of movies. But, uh, but boy, these, these dating sites know so much of, uh, about people. And, uh, and now, uh, okay, Cupid has found, uh, ladies, new research from them. Men want you, ladies, to make the first move. And this is especially older yeah. men, those 50 and older. According to a survey by okay, Cupid, men will still open the door for a woman and pay for dinner. But when it comes to making the first move, men would prefer women to do that. Uh, what does make the first move mean? This is important. Everything from being the first to strike up a conversation or message a man on a dating app. Uh, and it's not just men saying this. It's proven in data, again, from OkCupid. Okay the statisticians there found that when a woman contacts a man first, she's two and a half times more likely to get a response than men are when they initiate contact. For sure. Well, there's a whole dating app that's based on this concept. Bumble. Bumble is the one where, oh, that's right. where only the girls can initiate conversations. I think... I mean, I, I, the, the data clearly backs it up. And I also think that older men especially are either divorced and don't know, aren't as good at dating as they once were or don't really know what the new norms are um, and are having a hard time adapt or, or are learning to adapt. So they would be more likely, right. they would appreciate a woman showing them the, the, the ropes of new dating. Or it's somebody who isn't married and who doesn't necessarily date a lot and, and is now getting into online dating who also wouldn't know the norms. The other thing, I feel like with the way social media is and the way people are portrayed now and, and with, with, um, uh, with what I think is a good thing, which is a lot of people getting uh, busted for sexual harassment, I think good people are more are afraid of being perceived as being one of those people and it's a hard line for them to follow. So they wait until the girl shows interest in order to, in order to make the next move. Yeah. Because, and, and, and that's fine. I think that's a great thing. It takes, it takes the... Uh, it it, it, may, it makes it a safe place for women, a safer a safer world for women. And guys uh, don't waste their time going after a lot of different women that aren't interested. So if the women make the first move, the guy knows she's interested. Uh, it's 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 a safer it's a safer place. I think. I think it goes all the way back to elementary school, where you know, um, like a matchmaking girl would go up to a boy and say, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, Barbara likes you," uh-huh. and then, and then he knew that that he could make a make a move. Some um, some people are a little aggressive. Some little girls are a little aggressive. They'll just walk up with like, "You're my you're my boyfriend now." Like my, my you're talking about that. your daughter. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> you're my boyfriend now. We're dating. Okay. <laughs> well, and also, you know, listen, I went through a, a divorce before I met Connie, and um, at the after I went through the through the divorce, and I was quote unquote dating again, I had really lost a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know, and it was I, I was I didn't know what to do. I didn't That's, know. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I I I totally get this. In fact. 
you know, when Connie and I were in a gym by ourselves in, uh, I walked in there and there she was on the bicycle. I was walking out of there because I was not going to take the chance of just being, of being laughed at by this beautiful right. actress. Right. And so she was the one that said, Oh, John, is that you? And then I, I turned around, you've heard the story before I turned around, you've lived the story. I turned, I, uh, she turned, I turned around and she said, um, I, I, I said, uh, wow, I didn't see you there, Connie. And she said, well, we're the only two people in the gym, John. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, that's, that's my point though. The divorcee is that you you lose a little bit of game over time. You're not used to doing the, uh, the cold read pickup where you just got to start talking. I n- I've never had your game or Scott Myers game. I always had to have a wingman. Scott, my, my, friend Scott Lenny, Myers, my friend Lenny. Scott Myers is <laughs> Scott Myers. Key is his complete lack of fear of rejection. Yeah. He will walk up to yeah. any, any, any person, whether it's a business associate or a woman he wants to date. And he will just walk up and start talking to them and, and let the chips fall where they may. In his mind, what's the worst that could happen? She says, I'm actually not interested. And he goes, all right, what about your friend? This is, I know this is how he grew the radio yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, he just called up stations. The other uh, thing is guys like girls that are interested in them. It's like, a, it's like the biggest thing. If a girl, if a girl, a girl gets like two extra points of, of attractiveness, by, so if she's, a, if she's an eight, she's automatically a 10 just by being interested in a guy. Every guy's like that. So there's the research from the dating site, okay, Cupid, ladies. Men want you to make the first move, especially, I think all men, and then especially older men, those over the age um, of, of 50. Let's talk for a minute about, about sleep. I, I, we get the most reaction on the podcast, Gib, and also uh, on the radio show and the television show. Whenever we have a, a, a sleep hack, I don't really have, I'm, I'm exhausted by the end of the day, and I, yeah. I have a hard time. Last night we were watching because we, we had... Um, we had missed uh, a, uh, a, a a message from our pastor uh, Jack Hibbs, and so uh, Connie was so, so let's watch it on the iPad. I lasted thirty five seconds, and I was out I was mm-hmm. out out cold. But there are a lot of people, you know, when you, you get you have so much stuff going on in your head, or you have you have your your kids, your three kids, all sitting, you know, on your on your chest, right? You know, and uh, you got to find a way to instantly fall asleep. So here it is from Dr. Luke Bedoin. He's from Simon Fraser University. He says it's a very unusual way to fall asleep, but he uses it for his patients, and it works. You picture a lemon or a brick. Now, cognitive scientist, uh, he is a cognitive scientist, Dr. Bodoin, and he says visualizing a very neutral, non-stressful object, it can divert your mental attention away from the thoughts that are keeping you awake, awake and activates your uh, relaxation response. Um, so if you need some suggestions for neutral objects, you can download Dr. Bodoin's free app. It's called My Sleep Button. Uh, yeah, MySleepButton.com, and you can find a, a list. Uh, here are some more suggestions so you don't have to do that right now. Picture, uh, as you're trying to put, put yourself to sleep, close your eyes, picture a golf ball, picture a paper cup, or picture a canoe. <laughs> and, of course, I mentioned the lemon and the brick. Which is great uh, unless you're a mason or a citrus farmer. <laughs> yeah, then you're all excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the app helps you fall asleep by giving you random neutral objects to think about. It does it for you, and it, and it, it gives it to you, you know, one after the other. Until your mind is quiet and dry. I've never heard that. I've heard. I thought I heard every sleep tip. Never heard that. I would also say that nobody that's ever played golf would find a golf ball to be an unstressful object. <laughs> that's, right? that's 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 a stressful object for most of us. But uh, th- this is this is great because I have a hard time. Here's the thing: I don't get a lot of sleep, but when my kids do sleep, I need. To, you, generally speaking, I have like a little window where I can get work done, and then I need to go to sleep as quickly as possible. Right, sure, yeah. So, and I because you're going to get up at four, and I end up tossing and turning so many nights. This happened to me recently. My kids were all sick, and I could not fall asleep. And I, I, I'm sacrificing a half hour, an hour of sleep because I can't fall asleep. This idea of a neutral object is this little button is great. And it, the nice thing too is that it occupies your mind 
So your mind can't wander onto those stressful things like, oh, remember that quiz I didn't study for in eighth grade? And all right, of a sudden you're right. regretting every life choice you've ever made. I don't yeah. know about you, but that, that happens to me when I'm trying to go to sleep sometimes. So this is this is such a great way to press that sleep button. The other tip that really works for me, Gib, is is uh, and and many cognitive uh, behavioral uh, experts have said this is is you go through each part of your body and you relax it. You can, so you start with your toes and then your right. ball of your feet and 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 it's but it's the same thing. You're not really relaxing all that stuff. I mean, you are, but it's it's that you have something occupying your mind, so it can't right. it, it it can't drift. And and of course, we know that sleep is connected to. Um, it is connected to everything. It's connected to you know overeating. People who are sleep deprived they overeat, and also your brain just does not uh, function a- as well. Nope. And, and we know that from all of the interviews that we've done with one of our our favorite people, Dr. Daniel Amen, um, and so excited that he's got this new book out, MemoryRescueBook.com. I've seen. Um, uh, several of his PBS specials, and he's just got this great way of communicating. Which is a great segue for us to tell you that today's broad podcast is actually brought to you by by Memory Rescue. Uh, that's he, that was not a coincidence, by the way. Just <laughs> no, so you know, folks, no, that is a professional <laughs> broadcaster introducing a nice segue. I'm not saying it was professional. I just want you to think that he, I don't want you to think that we're being super cool. It just happened. No, you know? Dr. Eamon is a friend of the show. He is a he is a brain genius, and and he has done a ton of research, and he has a book that's going to give you all the information you need to know about it. Your brain's history is not your brain's destiny. You can actually improve your brain. You can make it better, including your memory, and you can learn how in a groundbreaking new book from Dr. Daniel Amen. It's titled Memory Rescue. So whether you're like me and you have memory problems in your family, that run your family, or you're noticing some memory loss issues, this book will actually offer answers that can improve your memory and decrease your risk of future memory-related problems or diseases, which is, I mean, who doesn't want that? The interesting thing about Dr. Daniel Amen is that he's not a... He's not a surgeon, right? But he's a board-certified psychiatrist. Uh, but he uses these amazing methods like spec scans to take a look at people's brains and not just say, oh, you've got, uh, yeah, it looks like you're, you're, you're behaving like you have dementia or Alzheimer's. You should do some more puzzles. You know, his stuff is much more involved oh, yeah. in, in, in scans. That. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, and the and his and the the diet stuff is mm-hmm. I, to this day I use it. So, um, it, and and the cool thing about about Memory Rescue Book is is that you can download it on Kindle if you want. Right. right. Uh, probably better to make notes in a real book, but then you can also listen to it. Uh, on Audible at this, right. uh, you know, at the same time, we love so, those guys. So check too. out memoryrescuebook.com, www.memoryrescuebook.com. Uh, he's a like you said, he's a, he's a psychiatrist. You can get your copy of Memory Rescue today. You can get it from www.memoryrescuebook.com, or you can get it wherever books are sold in stores or online. And just remember, your brain's history does not have to be your brain's destiny. And since my memory has been rescued, I think I'm finally Gib going to be able to remember where I put my coin collection. When I was a kid, I... Numismatism. I, I, I had... I, yeah. It, it, I, my mom must have put them somewhere. Like, they were in a storage unit somewhere. But I had these, and they folded out. I don't know if you ever did this. Oh, but, yeah, those little books. Yeah, and, books. and so I know that there's some of these pennies that are, are, you know, are worth uh, a fortune. So very excited about uh, littletoncoin.com. Well, or if you sponsor. are able to find those coins, the place you should take them is, of course... Littleton Coin. For over 70 years, Littleton Coin has been helping people just like you, John, sell their coins and currencies. They're an industry leader. And here's the thing. I don't know squat about coins. So if I find an old coin, I don't know if it's worth the face value or if it's worth $20,000. 
And I, I could take it to a guy and he'll say, well, it's worth 30 bucks. And it yeah. turns out it was worth, you know, 500. These guys are like the antiques roadshow of coins. Right. So with 70 years in the business, they're an industry leader in collectible coins and currency. Littleton can actually pay you more. And they're going to be honest. In 2016, the company's president, David Sundman, received the ANA, that's the American Numismatic Association Dealer of the Year Award. These guys are the best. Littleton Coin was also honored with the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Marketplace Ethics, so you know that these are people you can trust and rely on. So whether you're an experienced collector or someone like us who has absolutely no idea what they're doing when it comes to coins, Littleton Coin Company, coin Company can help you identify what you have in your collection. It's the place to sell your U.S. coins and currency. The process is incredibly simple. Just visit littletoncoin.com tesh to learn more or give them a call toll-free at 1-877-857-7850. Okay, coming up in just a moment from our dating files, ladies, if you've been following a guy on Instagram, you may see a trend developing in the pictures he likes. Uh We're going to tell you how to decode the Instagram likes, according to media psychology researcher uh, Dr. Pamela Rutledge. For example, what happens if he likes a lot of pictures of pets or animals? What happens if he clicks like on, uh, on model shots on Instagram and bikini pictures, we have all, we have all that from the from the expert. But first, did you send that uh, that photograph? Yes, um, I did. Okay, so so now tell me what's going to happen. That next. is going to be the Christmas present for mom. Is a picture of her with with my youngest son. Um, but but we take all these pictures, right? The holidays are coming up. We have all these pictures, but they're locked in our digital devices. They're posted to Instagram and stuff. But that's 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 fleeting. You get little internet points, and 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 it's and it's gone forever. Well. It's never too early to get a special gift for your loved ones, and a truly personalized gift is available today from our, from our sponsor today, Canvas Pop. So what they'll do is they'll take that picture. I sent this high-res picture. They take it, and they print it onto a large canvas, and it is what I'm getting my mom for Christmas this year. It is, um, it is a beautiful way of preserving memories in a way that we just don't do anymore with all of our, our digital photos. So Canvas Pop, it'll let you upload any photo you want whether it's of you and your spouse, your mom and dad, your kids, anything, and it turns it into a stunning, beautiful photo print. It's, it's the easiest holiday gift. You like those photo books, and those photo books are yeah, great, yeah. and they're really fun to go through on a random time, but imagine if you could get that, those, some of those photos printed onto throw pillows. Maybe it's a truly exceptional one. They do that, too. That's you awesome. Can get it, you yeah, can get yeah. it printed That's on so all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I went on the website and saw all of the um, all of the examples, and it gave me a million ideas. So, if you're looking for one of a kind personalized Christmas gifts this year, check out Canvas Pop. They're giving all of our IFYL listeners fifty percent off a minimum order of a hundred dollars when you use Tesh fifty at checkout. That's T E S H, and then the number five and the number zero at checkout. Or you just can visit canvaspop.com and get your order in right now. Surprise your dad with something better than socks or a tie. Surprise your mom with something better than forgetting to get her a gift. Go to canvaspop.com. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, as promised uh, from our dating files, if you've been following ladies, a guy on Instagram, there, there might be a trend developing in the pictures he likes. So we're going to help you uh, with this. Here is how to decode those Instagram likes. And this is not from uh, me and Gib because it would be goofy. It's from media psychology researcher, Dr. Pamela Rutledge. We've had her on the show a lot. So here's what she says about the likes that he's producing on Instagram. If if the guy likes a lot of pictures of pets or animals, Gib, it's a good sign. Rutledge says he uh, might. this might be a good indicator that he's ready for a relationship because he's oh, interested yeah. in, in beings that need care and nurturing. Yeah, I agree sure. with that. If he likes a lot of pictures of dogs in particular, it shows he values loyalty like a dog's trusted companionship. That is, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. So those people are super into 
uh, if they're if, like Scotty Myers, let's use him as an example. He has loved dogs and he loves his kids and he is always going to click like on a like button. And that's what makes him such a great person to date. Yeah. And also, uh, what if a guy like, this is also good news. If a guy likes a lot of travel or nature pictures on Instagram, uh, Dr. Rutledge says it's a sign of somebody who's spontaneous and likes exploring. If that's the kind of guy you're into, he may be ready to take you on an adventure. So my favorite things on Instagram are, are crazy weightlifters, like guys that can get, that can pull Mac. Oh, trucks. you're always sending me that stuff. Yeah. I know. I sent you one today of a guy who's unbelievable. He's pulling a sled with like 200 pounds on it and throwing a medicine ball at the same time. It's incredible. So it's if somebody incredible. saw your likes, right, it, it would be, oh, this guy's interested in, in, in staying healthy, but he might be too focused on his body to pay any attention to me. Okay. Well, uh, I think actually I, I genuinely think that is a problem my wife has with me right now is I get up in the morning and I go to the gym almost every morning and she's like, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my me time. Yeah. But, she, but, but also it's going to help you live longer. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. so, so that's she, what she doesn't she's want. Not, doesn't have to increase, <laughs> doesn't have to increase the, uh, the life insurance. Uh, here's another good one. If the guy, uh, has Instagram likes, uh, all about food pictures and recipes, uh, it's great because cooking is a caretaking activity. Um, yeah, they're very social. Yeah, so so we're looking. You're looking for a traveler, a guy that likes puppies and plants, <laughs> uh, and a guy that uh, that likes food. That's yeah. great. I think you can guess what uh, this, this last one from Dr. Rutledge. Uh, what does it mean if a guy likes a lot of model shots on Instagram and bikini pictures? Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Dr. Rutledge agrees with you, Gib. He says you can probably guess what it means. He's very focused on appearance. Yeah, I, obviously. I, the, a lot, yes. What, what, what else can you say? say? What yeah, else can no, you yeah, say yeah, about yeah. it? If yeah, the guy yeah. is looking at a lot of pictures of women online and and unabashedly liking them, then he's interested in not just you. He's interested in playing the field, which may be something you're okay with. That's something you also remember in this day and age. Maybe you're okay with a guy like that, but that is not a guy who's looking to settle down and commit. Amazing how much information we can get, how much data we can get on the opposite sex um, by just by just listening to these people, like, oh yeah, uh, OK Cupid and uh, and uh, Dr. Rutledge. This is the greatest time in the history of the world for behavioral scientists. Right, <laughs> there is so much data being amassed on each one of us, and and so many little microcosms of experimentation made available to them that this that this is the day. This but, is this is the this is their heyday. But if you listen to this show all the time, we could ruin your dating life because oh. we do we have the we have the stuff on how to tell if somebody's lying, mm-hmm. um, how to tell uh, you know if. if if, uh, if a woman is is eating um, lobster the wrong way, what that says about her personality, how you treat the wait staff, how you treat the valet parkers. Right. So we, we also want to say, if if you if you read all this body language stuff and everything, you might want to give it two or three times. You know, <laughs> day, yeah. Day, yeah. Don't just don't just uh, throw everything out. At a know? certain point, you do you do just need to see if there's chemistry before you deal with all of this stuff. That could be. That could be the most important part that we that is left out by all of these little spying things that we give you. And uh, and speaking of uh, of data, uh, one of my favorite uh, statisticians uh, researchers is scientist Dan Butner. Mm-hmm. And so Dan, he's got a new book out. And Dan uh, originally wrote the Blue Zones. It's basically that's uh, like your favorite book it's, ever. It is. I'm reading the new one now. It's about it, who are the happiest people in the mm. world and and why. Um, and I just love the fact that that longevity is not just about how much salmon you eat um it's it's about socialization mm-hmm. it's about purpose and uh it used to be like oh the people in okinawa live the longest because they eat fish it's not true um there's there are many different parts of this but anyway there, he's also studied socialization um in this and he he has a lot of data in this in this new book but um the reason i bring him up is that there's there's more data on 
on uh, socialization that shows that it can flip over after a certain amount of time. So if you've ever noticed, especially this time of year, if parties leave you feeling exhausted, um, experts are saying that, that socializing can be exhausting for your brain. That's what oh, you're feeling. Yeah. So now this is new, uh, new research at the conclusion of the, of the folks at University of Helsinki. They found in their studies that the more social we are, the more we report being in a positive mood and feeling lower levels of fatigue. Yep. Again, from Dan Butner, he says that regular socialization will add 7 to 10 years to your life. Loners die earlier. It's a fact. But the researchers found, Gib, that those positive effects from socialization, they wore off right at the three-hour mark. So three hours and one minute, and you're exhausted. After that, people were, uh, who were still interacting with a the group, their mood drops, their fatigue increased dramatically because extreme socializing, just it just wears out your brain. Conversations, processing language, activating your memory, and reading body language, you're exhausted. Yeah, well, you're processing a lot of information. Our brains are designed, our whole frontal lobe is designed to interpret and expand upon those interactions. That is that is the that is the purpose of it. That's why our personalities instead of instead of shaking tail feathers like a peacock, <laughs> we interact with we interact with each other using language and body language uh, and it is our own version of peacocks and and you know and all kinds of the mating dances you see in other parts of uh, of the animal kingdom. So if, it makes sense that that would that would be what would uh, what would tax our brain and on the most levels at uh, at any given time? I think that time though changes depending on one on a couple of factors. I think whether you're an extrovert or an introvert is going to change how fast you get that's, fatigued that's by that. Really interesting. And yeah, I also right. think the closeness to the people with whom you're interacting is also going to change that because if you know these people really well, it's going to be less fatiguing and more oh, recharging. I agree. That's good. But if you're that's at if, if it's holiday party season, which means you're probably going to be in the most fatiguing scenario possible, which is one. You've got you're on you're on alert. You're on alert. Yeah. You're meeting new people, right. and that's the bosses. Part the yeah. bosses there, yeah. And as a person with kids who who goes to birthday parties year round, I can tell you that about ten minutes is the exhaustion <laughs> point that I have taking kids to a birthday party. So uh, I, I absolutely it absolutely makes sense. But it's just like everything else we talk about on the show, there is a sweet spot for socialization. So if you're at a party for uh, three hours or more. Uh, I, I want you to monitor yourself, and I want you to report to Gib and me at facebook.com slash John Tesh. Let us know if uh, if you have the same feeling that the guys at the University of Helsinki are are talking about. And you know, Gib, we're always trying to bring uh, folks pieces that they, that they can use to enrich their lives, mm-hmm. to, to live longer and to uh, be healthier and to have more fun and have more happiness. This next piece is really not um, not that, <laughs> but Uh-oh. but it's helpful in that it's a conversation starter. So if you're if you meet somebody in line. At the uh, at Starbucks, or it's a first date, or it's a dinner party. Always looking for good stuff to say, right? Um, we're now going to hip you to the hottest trend in men's fashion, and I've got a bunch of these, four or five of these, in my drawer somewhere, and I'm going to pull them back out. The fanny pack oh, is gosh. is back. Oh gosh! So this was an '80s accessory in a big way, um, but right now these fanny packs are the fastest growing segment in men's accessories. According to the market research firm MPD Group, NPD Group, and those guys know what they're doing, they say sales have increased 10% just since last year, but they're being rebranded to get rid of the Sigma. So at Gucci, fanny packs are called belt bags. Unbelievable. Louis Vuitton calls theirs a hip bag. Other designers prefer the term waist bag. It just sounds wrong. No, it sounds off. Sounds like, it sounds like you had a col- uh, col- uh, 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 colostomy. <laughs> yeah. 
And Kanye West Yeezy. Kanye West has a clothing line, huh? Oh yeah, the uh, Yeezys, the shoes yeah, are yeah, like they're yeah. like nine grand. It's unbelievable how expensive those things are. Well, he's got it. He's you got want a, you want a sweater with holes in it that was designed by Kanye West? You better be prepared to clean out your retirement fund. It's unbelievable <laughs> how expensive his stuff is. His uh, his uh, fanny pack sounds like it's uh, holding a dead person. His is called cross body bag. That just sounds like you're trying to ignore the fact that it's a that it's a fanny pack. Look, I have a fanny pack thing that I wear when I'm running marathons to hold stuff, mm. um, but. It, how is this a look that you want in the rest of the world? It ruins the lines of what of the body that you have. I have seen, though, speaking of this, an amazing fanny pack that is colored to look like a hairy belly, so you can sneak stuff oh into gosh. into sports sporting events. Yeah. Now these these new uh, what do they call them? Waist bags, <laughs> cross well, body. Let's bags? come with a different name. Let's a call waist, them hip bags. Like, let's call them hip bags. I like waist bags. I do. <laughs> nobody likes a waist bag. Um, so they're being it's different now. Like uh, it, they're being worn. Um, they they can go around your waist, but a lot of them being worn over one shoulder and slung across the chest like a Miss America sash. Okay, you can call it a Miss America sash, but it's at a certain point when you have a bag that's slung across your across your chest or a bag that's slung over one arm, you now have a purse. You call it whatever you want. You look like a bandito. That, that guy's wearing a purse. <laughs> yeah, a <bandito>. That's it. <laughs> um, now, there's a reason for this, okay? Okay. Why did they surge in popularity? It's the giant phones. Oh, yeah. It's this iPhone 6 thing I have that's just bar- bursting out of my pocket. You have the plus. I do. I know. So so men are saying that they're, they're, they hate the look of having their pockets stuffed with a huge phone plus a wallet, glasses, and keys. And they need this waste bag. <laughs> Plus, you might need spare batteries for your for all of your electronic gear that you're wearing around yeah, everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the cross body bag. I'm surprised that women are not fully embracing this uh, at infinitum because because yoga pants are so popular and yoga pants literally have no pockets. That's right. I hate that. Uh, I mean, I guess they have purses anyway. They already have embraced it, but I'm just surprised that they're not wearing the hip bags everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, I have these uh, Lululemon things that have zippers on them. But if I put my keys in there or my phone, and I go to lay down on a on a on a uh, on a machine, I just it just it ends up poking me. And so I'm going to get this waste bag, <laughs> waste Stop bag. Stop calling it a waste bag. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe we could we could combine all the words. So it's a, a waste belt cross body bag. Yeah, it sounds like you're just putting in, putting that, in a new that driveway sounds, or something. That sounds like something you're selling to the U.S. military at a huge markup. <laughs> I think we've done enough damage in this podcast. We really hope that you guys uh, found something, especially with the waste body bag, that you can... Uh, just call it a fanny pack. I, okay, I don't like these names. is too much. All right, all right. But yes, thank you guys for listening. If you like the show, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all of the places. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, Facebook.com slash John Tesh is the best place to go. We're live on there all the time. You can talk to us while we're live. Uh, you can send us a message there and, and, and tell us what you want to hear on the next podcast or give us somebody that you want us to talk to. Uh, also, at John Tesh on Twitter. I am Gib Gerard, Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on all of the social media platforms. Uh, and if you would like to see us live, we are getting ready to go live. If you are in the, the Connecticut, New York, tri-state area, we're going to be there. We're going to be in um, central Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, right outside of Dayton and Pequa, Ohio, and also, uh, also outside of Toronto uh, in the next week. So teshmusic.com is the place to see all of the stuff where you can come visit us live. It is um, an amalgam of all of the different touch points for John. So his sporting career, 
uh, a sporting career makes it sound like you used to be a hunter. Uh, <laughs> his years as a sports commentator, his time, uh, your, your time doing all the music you've written for, for different sports shows, as well as uh, music you've written for PBS specials, as well as your broadcasting career is all discussed. And, and there's great interactive ways of, of dealing with that, you. that you deal with that uh, in the show. So if you're interested in any of that, we can't recommend it enough. Or I can't recommend it enough. Teshmusic.com. And come uh, see Gib play Hallelujah from yeah. uh, Leonard Cohen. It's, and a couple other weird songs. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, he makes up these great these great <laughs> songs on the uh, on the. I don't want to ruin your gig, but Whatever, on, the, on the ukulele. Uh, and listen, uh, we'd love for you to share this podcast. You must have a friend who wants to hear about the waste body bag, um, about uh, about the fact that that you, if you are at a party for three hours or more, your brain's going to be exhausted. What it means, uh, ladies, if you follow a guy on uh, Instagram, look at his likes. What it means about his personality, uh, why you should be picturing a lemon or a brick <laughs> as a way to fall asleep. Uh, ladies, why uh, older men want you to make the, the first move. I think all men want you to do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and how to get your bag first off that carousel when fragile. you're traveling. Who's fragile. Gonna, who, so, yeah, share this with your friends. It's Christmas time. you got to call it fragile, just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, just like in Christmas. Right, birth. and if you have a friend who is Netflixing in public, he's going to want to hear this podcast.